This is John at Ubaldi Reports. And the one website and podcast that provides fact, not fiction, when it rec- uh, when it's dealing with national and international issues as it impacts America. With me, as always, my fellow co-host, Big Bad Joe Bits, who is a fellow combat Marine veteran who, who is wounded in Iraq. And with me today is a fellow Marine named Ray. And Ray's going to provide a different insight and some of the questions that may be outstanding as we talk about the horrific mass shooting in Texas. Now, this shooting was, it's beyond words. I'm always stunned at this, what takes somebody to do something like that. And before we get involved, let me just say hello to Big Joe. How's it going, Joe? Great, well, great John. I, got, I mean, other than the normal circumstances, you know, wife, my wife is kind of rattled. We have two kids in elementary. Yeah, she did mention that. How did you guys deal with that with two kids, especially with your oldest well, being I, in elementary school? Well, yeah. So my daughter who wants to teach, I mean, my oldest who wants to teach, that's kind of, you know, what what happened in that kind of situation but you know my son you know you, you don't have to it's not an elementary school kind of i think it's just schools in general that people are concerned because it's just like it's almost like a fish in a barrel kind of situation yeah, and it's, it's just you know it just takes someone who's like evil and just dark and doesn't have a soul in order to do something like that it does. I mean, I was on a, I do a regular radio talk show um, as a political analyst at WXJB here up in Brooksville, uh, Florida, which is north of Tampa. And we talked about this. And what I said is this was earlier this morning. And I said, let's everybody dial the rhetoric back. Let's get fact. Well, it's like we do, that's the whole moniker is fact, not fiction. But I think on the surface, let's just look at it on the surface. Is there anything by restricting our gun rights that could have prevented this. No, and that's one thing that did come up. President Biden spoke and he took a different approach. Usually in the past presidents take a more conciliatory, more somber approach to reassure the nation to um kind of collectively channel that grief into a more somber reflection of what happened and leave the politics for a yeah, day or you two. You want to yeah, you want to let it Settle, a settle bit. a little bit, and since we didn't have all the facts from the the shooting, like what type of weapon was used, how did he get the weapon? The president started off pretty well. He talked about a scripture and proverb. He talked about, and I understood he lost his son. No, nobody wants to go before their child, mm-hmm. or have their child go before they do. So I know it was very tragic that he lost his son, Bo Biden, through he had brain cancer. He didn't mention Bo Biden, but he did mention the anguish. that, And I felt his anguish because I can't imagine what he went through to lose his son. Yeah. But then he pivoted, like took the partisan approach and just went into gun control. And he said, we got to end this. And then you had many athletes like LeBron James. The Golden State Warriors coach was very emphatically and kind of almost got broke down at a news conference after their their playoff um, game on the that he went. We got to do something, and we then you had other politicians like Senator Murphy from Connecticut chastise his colleagues for what are you doing here if you're not going to solve some of these problems? Mm-hmm. And the big push is gun control. Now Ray is a gunsmith and he is he knows the gun the gun laws and 
so the question is now, what was interesting is prior to us coming on this show, we had to go out and do an errand or two. And what I mentioned on my radio show today is everybody says background checks. And I said the background check system is only as good as it gets what's put in. Yeah. But Ray told me something that was kind of disturbing when it comes to the background check. And Ray, would you elaborate what we were discussing? It, it actually is very disturbing because while everybody does scream background checks, and I think majority of us Americans can get behind that, what's disturbing is the, there really is a lack of interagency cooperation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And which means, and where I'm going to go down this rabbit hole is, Basically, things get reported to different agencies, and they don't share the information. So, for example, if you go to a hospital, check yourself in for a mental problem, and you're having an issue, you might feel suicidal, something to deal with your your mental stability, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily get reported to the correct people that deal with your background check in, in order to get a firearm. Well, has and it, has it always been like that? I mean, like with the FBI not talking to local law enforcement, city law enforcement, especially when something comes to like something so simple like fingerprints, like, you know, crimes go on, like can go un, unsolved because of the simple fact that these communication or these Agencies do not want to talk to each other. No. Well, there's there's also – I'm sorry, John, for cutting you off. But there's also issues like, for example, I saw, yes, because of HIPAA, there is some privacy acts that are regarding not sharing information. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what do we do in order to alleviate that? Alleviate well, well, that was one of the questions that one of our um, listeners off TikTok Mad Marine 86 says it's a HIPAA violation. So, But I got an idea. Hold on. I mean, uh, if, if we're going to have some, like, guns. why can't, I mean, if it's like a, maybe like a bartender kind of uh, approach where you're not going to, you can serve this person because you know they're not inebriated or you're going to, you know, so you can kind of determine why can't the person that has like the FFL. Mm-hmm. Why can't they determine, okay, I don't like the looks of this guy, so just because he passed the background check, maybe I can you know, put a note or an uh, upside-down upside smiley face or something, uh, something indicating that this person is not setting right with you, and then you can cancel the cell because I've, you, know, you just do this classic line, oh, there's something wrong with the system. You might want to go check on check it out. You, you can do that. And, I mean, you you as a like a gun shop owner, if you got a bad feeling mm-hmm. about this dude, you don't have to sell him the gun. It first of all, it's your stuff that you're selling. Yeah. And if you don't feel if you're getting a bad vibe from the dude and he's just kind of talking and you overhear it, yeah, don't sell him the gun. But what if okay, what but if, if he puts up a a you know, a front that you have no idea about. Well, but see the how are you going to know? But, the point, okay, but know. the point that Joe mentioned, there's got to be it's almost in a way like the um what is it? The maybe not be the same instant, but I think it's a good point. For those who are banned on from flying, mm-hmm. no fly no fly zone list. Now there also has to be some type of due process so you don't just willfully flag somebody because they do have constitutional rights. 
But the other thing is, it's just like there was a shooting in Texas, I think about two years ago, where there was a discharged Air Force veteran. And I use veteran, I guess when you get discharged, he doesn't have that status. But I think it was either bad conduct or dishonorable discharge, which is under a felony type provision. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't get put into the system. And they found out after he did a shooting at a, at a church, and luckily there was a couple armed parishioners there, that there wasn't no mass shooting. But when they found out that over 43% of the time, you know, only 43% of the time the military puts that information into the system. Yes. But, so, Matt Marine kind of bring up something about it, like a safety class and stuff like that. I, I, have, I do want to answer that. Well, but I don't think that's I, – I still don't think that – and I still don't think that solves the problem of what no. the situation is. No, what was your, just, what, you, what was your question you said? So Mad, Mad Marine okay. was, she said, uh, he at 18, why aren't they required to take like a safety class and stuff like that? Like Cash has, has already taken a safety class. He's going to take another one until he is a little bit more comfortable. So, and then he has me to like show him, but still, I mean, I, it, maybe the way she's kind of, like throwing it at us is that do you agree with like not maybe a, a registry of some sort of like you have to take a driving test in order to get your license yes okay you have to have some kind of training course in order to get a concealed uh weapons permit here in the state of florida now the, is there something like hey john here's your gun license or here's your gun permit as soon as you pass this course a safety course. The but, I mean, only it, problem I have, I do agree with there should be some type of safety course to own a firearm because we don't live in 1880 America. But at the same time, like I know for concealed carry permits, and this wasn't the case here, but mm -hmm. I know for concealed carry like in California, they make it so prohibitive, so difficult that you have to shoot this way, this way, this way because they want to make it so hard for you to get that. Some states would make it so difficult for somebody not to pass that course Yeah, that I think that's an infringing on their, their constitutional rights. But the one thing that I want to get to is I know we always talk about gun control legislation. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I heard in all of this would have prevented this case. In this situation. Now, we still don't know the full details. The one thing that nobody's talking about, and I mentioned it to your wife prior to we getting on this TikTok, and I mentioned it on the radio. Now, I'm older than you, Joe, by what, 10, 15 years? 100, 100 years. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks, you friggin' troll. Were you at Gettysburg? Yeah, I was at Gettysburg. I saw Lincoln there. But, what are you talking about? You're so old, Ray isn't even born yet. There you go. I went to combat, Ray wasn't born. But the point that I brought up on the radio show, when I was a kid, everyone in my class had a two-parent family, everybody, except for one, but everybody had a two-parent family. Mm -hmm. Now... The times were different back then. Now, let's say take it to the two biggest religious holidays, Christmas and Easter, if you're in the Christian faith. Christmas at that, when I was a kid, you would go to the, the downtown and there would be nativity scenes older than, um, I mean, so there'd be nativity scenes everywhere. You could say Merry Christmas. Church and religion were a big part. Now, 
I also mentioned to your wife, when I was a kid, Sundays were more of a day of rest. There wasn't a lot of things open on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then we ate as a family seven days a week, basically. Every day we were at the table, especially during the week. My mom would come home at 7. And my dad took care of us because he got hurt on the job. I would make the dinner. So my mom would come home by 7.30. She would, you know, change over, relax. And then we would sit down to dinner. But we ate as a family together. Yeah. And I was listening to one commentator. And she said that that we don't get together anymore. We're, we're so tied up in our, in our social world that we don't branch out. It's always behind a computer mm-hmm. or a cell phone or any of these things. And I also mentioned, too, that we had the most restrictive, excuse me, the most liberal gun laws when I was a kid. I remember people taking their trucks to school. They had a gun in the back, hanging up proudly. But we... I think we lost that family structure. I mean, more p- kids are coming from single-parent families. And I'm not trying to mitigate single parents. But they're also, without that structure of the two-parent family, I think it's lost. Now, I don't know what the family life of this kid was. Mm-hmm. But if you look at some of these, most of these mass shooters. I think he was raised by his grandmother, the way it looks. Yeah, but I have a friend who was raised by her grandparents. But her parents kind of just cast her out and she's still feeling the effects today yeah she has emotional issues she has anxiety issues without but she's not ready to pick up a gun and walk into no but the the point is but when you she's not ready to do that but some people are everybody gets affected differently and without that social connection of a family structure Nobody looks at that. So I think the problem is here, and I think we've talked, we've always talked about it on this podcast, is that naturally, how much money goes to education? Eight hundred, about seven hundred sixty to eight hundred billion billion dollars. Okay, a year. Okay, and we don't, and we can't peel off like a million per school to say, hey, you work, use this to work on your security oh, aspects, look, uh, or even work, you know, hey, you know. Six, you you hire two people, maybe even four, to guard the school at sixty thousand dollars a year. You know that's not even that's like uh, two hundred forty thousand dollars a year. It's going to cost you to. But look at this way: look how much money, how many how many hundreds of billions have went to the schools just through the COVID. Now, but going back to I know Mad Marine eighty six brought up something, and just it's the fact that. Parents were there to discipline their kids. And also, I don't mean discipline, they beaten their kids. Yeah. They were there for their children. And also, the community watched out for children. I remember many of my brothers, we came out of summer school, we goofed around, we went with some friends, and we did something we weren't supposed to. And by the time we got home, word spread to my dad that we did something we weren't supposed to. And my dad disciplined my brothers and me. So I think the whole incident that went on it's two-pronged it's it's a mental issue and they, we've always been dealing with that ever since reagan kind of cut it, cut them all loose but we also have we have a, a, a okay i don't think everybody's on the same page and like you and i and including ray there's an sop standard operating procedure if you're going to do anything at least do this if you're going to do anything else at least do this you, these are your guidelines. As long as you do that and you check off the box, you're good. Anything you add to it, good. Anything you take away from it, 
probably going to be a bad situation. And these schools don't have a standard SOP when it comes to um, protecting their school. And protecting their school is, starts with one thing. It starts with locking the friggin' door. You know, and that's it. You know, and don't put that onus on a janitor, you know, because this guy's just here to clean and maybe do some maintenance. Put the onus on the teachers. Teachers are in that school and it's not because and there has no there's no setup for them putting their life at risk. Absolutely not. But But there's also and I agree with you. Teachers are there to teach, not to provide security, not to. There's got to be ways to protect the schools and you're right the door was left open do they do periodic security checks mm-hmm. do they do a an evacuation to see if this plan is everybody aware of what the procedures are but there's also another issue and mad marine 86 brought it up is we lost too many f- families to drug addiction there's more, I mean, when i was a kid i don't remember everybody being on you know antidepressant, on anxiety, we we never dealt with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of times, people would say, "Well, we just didn't deal with it, so we pushed it off." Now you mentioned we talk about mental illness. Now the whole thing, everybody goes to like Ronald Reagan. He emptied the the, the state hot. That's not what happened. Well, no, but no, I mean, no, but the- what what happened is, this was when he was governor. He took everything because it was a bloated state budget for the state mental health and he let the, the counties because they were if they felt it was easier if they were down at the local level mm-hmm. decide but it was never funded correctly it was never put put together correctly and you know i think there's like an aspect there where you could probably start nipping in the bud with almost like a group counseling session starting from the early ages of like even like elementary or even middle school where a teacher just gets in, gets a whole bunch of students in a nice circle, and they just talk. Because that's what a lot of therapy is. It's just you talking about something, and you're kind of just picking up things here and there. And the problem with maybe some of the mental illnesses going around is that, yes, there's something going on, but nobody's listening. Yeah, but see, the thing is, the other thing with mental illness, we're so caught up, and I do this with the kids in my church, they're so connected to their phone. Like, I remember we did a youth trip up to New York, mm-hmm. and one of the girls' phone broke. And she I thought she was going to go into convulsions because she couldn't text her friends on a day, on a, like an instantaneously. Remember when we were kids, yeah. you went to school, then you were outside playing. Huh. You played. You interacted with na- the neighbors. You did things like there was community block parties. Mm-hmm. The town I lived in, when it came to 4th of July... Everybody had the, the parade. Then you went to the local clubhouse. Everybody was let in for free. They had barbecues. They had that. Communities got together. You knew who was. You knew who your neighbors were. Yeah. Today we're so isolated. It's almost like we're in our invisible barrier around our home. If you're not in my in my home, get away from me. I don't need you. And we've got to get. Like I go back to when we messed up as kids. Everybody watched out for everybody else's kids. Yeah. So it it wasn't a problem if you say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that because word would have gotten back to your parents. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to get back to, like, again, we don't know the full circumstances from this kid, but it's probably assumed to say he was a loner. He had some issues. Yep. 
But I still like to go back, and I don't know this for a fact. I know you mentioned it. I like to know if it's fact. He was raised by his grandparent, his grandmother. Where was his parents at? So, well, yeah, we're still trying to get the whole story. And do you think we'll get the whole story because he is a, a, a Hispanic? I don't descent? know. I, don't I mean, know. Be, because it just seems like white guy, they'll they'll, oh, they'll, they'll go blast right away. But if they are a minority or Hispanic, you know, they'll just they'll just be like, um, we don't know what you're talking about. This, but, this might stay up. This might stick only because he used an AR-15 again. But Another no, but, mass shooting. But is that we know that for a fact? Yes, he did purchase two AR-15s. Okay. But did he go? But did he go in there with the the thing? The questions that we're asking is: so what we've heard is that Border Patrol followed him, and he was kind of cornered, and then he went into the school. I, or was it? Or or was we, it him? Oh, hey, here's a school. T- time for me to shine. As far as I know, we don't know. That's why I wanted. And I said this this morning, political leaders on both sides of the spectrum, this isn't the time to score political points. No. Let's find out fact, because each side has something to look at. So, I mean, you got the right on the conservative side. They're always against you know gun control. And we have mentioned earlier, and you said, how many gun control legislation are on the books now? Would anything they're proposing would have stopped this school shooting? I, I truly think that... We need to switch the conversation from gun control and all that to how do we stop the criminal? Because gun control does nothing to the criminal, but it places the blame at everybody who follows the law and goes through the background check, does the process of buying a firearm. It prohibits us and limits us even more where if we had a conversation that said, hey, let's have some common sense talk about how do we stop the criminal you know do we stop the criminal by if they commit these mass shootings hey look you gotta go you gotta die sorry you just killed 20 people you gotta go yeah i don't care if you so like yeah my whole idea is that you want you have to do something so heinous to somebody to to deter everybody else from like yeah if i did that that's gonna happen no but that's what i think we've made acceptable now is you know these mass shooters they throw down their weapon they they raise their hands up and it's like oh yeah i get to go to jail three meals a day hot shower and i just killed 20 people let's look at this you had the the entertainment world, obviously, you had a lot of the Democrats. We need gun control, like Christopher Murphy chastised his fellow co- colleagues in the Senate, mainly Republicans. Then you had LeBron James, Stephon, you know, Stephen Kerr, the the coach of the Warriors. Where were they when the carnage is going on in Chicago? Look at LeBron James. They're plays. millionaires. They get to sit in the mansion. I know, but LeBron James plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Look at the carnage that goes on in Los Angeles. Kerr is the coach of the Warriors. They are they play out of a stadium in San Francisco. Look at the crime and the killings that go on in these cities. But they don't say anything about that except when this happens. Then they've got this idealistic world. This is how things got to be. Maybe if look what's going on on the border, as Mad Marine um, eighty six uh, mentions, we're having like last month, two hundred I think two hundred forty, two hundred forty thousand people crossed that border. Mm-hmm. They just caught an an individual from Iraq who was sympathizing with ISIS as a plot to kill George, President George W. Bush. 
How how much fentanyl is pouring across in illegal drugs is pouring across that border? Yeah. But, I mean, you going back a little bit of, like, what could have stopped this particular shooting, and I'll tell you the one thing that could have stopped this particular shooting, if the freaking door was locked. Exactly. And but maybe, if things were also reported, he would never have really got the gun. Yeah, but, I mean, I, in, when, in but when, it, when it comes down to it, though, I mean, there is if you're kind of going in something with a lot of intent, I mean, psychologically, you're going with something in intent, and then you're blocked at every single pass, eventually... But what about something kicks in and says, I don't think this is going to work I know, out. But we're looking at the point of time that he's going into the school or right, the, right at the mo- moment now. Yeah. Maybe if we look back at years ago, now we, like I said, we don't know what his childhood was like. Mm-hmm. But I go back to my one friend. She was raised by her grandparents because yeah. her mom and stepdad didn't get along with her, so she'll go live with your parents, your grandparents. Her father didn't take her in, so she still has these anxi- very serious anxieties about being abandoned. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what this, this young kid was going through, but he shot his grandmother, so obviously he wasn't stable. But who around him? What was his childhood like? Where was his parents? Now, my parents, I mean, just so I say this, it's not done in a vacuum. I didn't grow up rich. We were friggin' dirt poor. Mm -hmm. My dad only had a fifth grade education, but he was there for us from the time I was born and the time I graduated high school and went off into the Marines. Yeah. So we need to understand. We can't. Look, I look at your family. Yeah. Every time I come over here, you and your wife give guidance to your children, you. I was here. I was been here where you disciplined your children. Mm-hmm. I've been there when your children were sick. I've been here when your children, where you gave praise to your kids. Yeah, you've been there when my wife has not said a single word to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have your kids are growing up in a structured environment. I doubt this kid went through that. So I, I want to kind of touch on something because talking about what Ray was talking about with the background checks and the yeah. the, but you know it's the simplest form, and I've seen this. It, it's a lack of it's, it's a lack of everywhere when it comes to relationships, when it comes to work, and it's communication. There is a lack of communication when it comes to, and it just that's just it. And you and I, including Ray, we learned that in order to uh, increase morale, especially with like Marines and stuff like that, the one thing is communication. Whether it's good, whether it's good news or bad news, as long as it was kind of getting communicated to us, it was somewhat uplifting because there was something going on. And we live in a society where I can look up anything on my phone, we have access to the internet, we have tons of cell phone providers and computers and networks and stuff like that. However, you're telling me this this organization can't get with this organization to figure out. Well, that was the same situation in the early 90s. I think it was 93 or 94. There was a young girl named Polly Kloss was kidnapped out of her home bedroom in Petaluma, California. This precipitated the three strikes law. But anyway, they, they found her body, but they had captured or stopped the individual. He ran into the ditch or something. They let him go because at the time, the agencies didn't coordinate their efforts. Yeah. Now they do. But like what Ray was saying, in the background check, I work at a, a company that's primary function is to, de- to sell equipment 
and put it in the tactical equipment and their equipment with lighting into the police vehicles. Secondary role is to sell firearms. A lot of it's to law enforcement. Their personal, you know. Okay, but we, what about a third party? Okay, but here's the thing: we do a background check even on law enforcement. Mm-hmm. It's the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. We send it in. It just gives you basic information: your name, your your, your full name, your dress, your address. No, I'm sorry, your full name, Social Security number, date of birth, where you, you where you're born, where you currently reside. You have to belong, live in Florida. To get a, a weapon. You can't live out of state. Okay, but the point is, once I sit enter, the only thing I'm waiting for is it approved. I don't know what goes into it. Like Ray had said, like when that um, shooter that shot up the church in Texas, mm-hmm. he was discharged. Dis, I think it was either dishonorably or dishonorable discharge or bad conductor, which is rates into a felony. But that wasn't put into the system. Yeah. Had it was put into the system... He wouldn't have had a gun. So I kind of want to say this, and no, this is not what I mean when I'm when I'm talking about this. Yes. But and I just because it's, it's kind of it's a touchy subject, especially when it comes to the Second Amendment. But okay, someone gets. I have a party at my house. Someone gets drunk. Someone gets an accident. I can be held liable. Okay, and I I just I don't want to say this, but I'm trying to figure out a way around it. Is that you know if you know, my gun store s- sells a gun to somebody and I did the background check and I was still a little iffy on it, but I did it anyway. And there were some maybe some flags or some indicators that maybe I shouldn't have. I mean, I don't want to put liability on the gun uh, store, but where there has to be like if you held people more accountable for what they are doing, they're going to think twice before the handing old, a gun to somebody okay, else. But, the but, old, do you, but do you see what I'm saying? It, it, it kind I, of. I understand where you're going. Yeah. With this, the only but problem, the problem is, yeah, when you do your job submitting that background check, you've done your job. Okay. And the problem with it is, and this is where I totally blame the government on all levels, is if they have not reported the problem. It does not get put into the, the background system. check. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get put in the system. You could, if you get busted, felony marijuana, and on that background check, 4473, and they don't report that you were busted felony marijuana, and you said that you never done drugs, yeah. you get you, you get a because cut. Because only the thing, when you do the back, because I do the background check every day, and you can, you can even be, I just found out when I first started there, you can even be, you don't have to be a U.S. citizen. To do it now, if you are a U.S. citizen and you were born in another country, they take the background check. Will go like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement will cross check with other federal agencies that deal with. Okay, but with deal with those who are coming from another country. Yeah. But all it's all you put in is their name, mm-hmm. I think birth date, social security number, where they were born, whether foreign or or domestic, or they're a U.S. citizen or not. If they have a concealed carry permit, you hit that. That gives them a little bit quicker response. But there's nothing that that you won't know why they were rejected. Yeah. And you'll never know if everything you're hoping the government put everything yeah. into the system. Okay, but we're, we're also talking about personal intuition, though. No, like no, this, the, if this is my livelihood and that me selling a gun, 
it could be the end of my livelihood, I would be a little bit more due diligent in no. making making sure. But that's why I said what I said earlier yeah. was you have to use the discretion. But what if, about like a three strike law? Like if he goes, if he doesn't get a gun from you and he tries to get a gun from somebody else and he doesn't that, get a gun from somebody but else. But that still goes back to what gets put into the system. Yeah. That also brings up another topic. See, down here, the pulse shooting not too long ago. Yeah. That gentleman did exactly what you were talking about. He went to a gun shop, got red flagged, couldn't buy a gun. And then he went to another gun shop, and he bought a gun. And it didn't pop up on that niche. Yeah, and so- that's our problem. And he couldn't get a gun, and then he went down the street and bought a gun at a different shop, and then he committed his acts of violence. Okay. And, you know, that that is a huge problem. And for the gun industry and us shop owners who want to, you know, buy, sell guns, I think there has to be a little bit more communication i know there is communication but you know i wouldn't be that i guess i wouldn't be that i guess Mo, okay, not I not guess. like i would be open to a communicative line where it was hey just let you know i'm over here at shoot straight yeah and there is this guy who got red flagged he might go to your shop and try to buy a gun. Yeah, almost like an okay. a, like an APB or just yeah. like or just put out alert, something like that, where you, you're trying to stay on the right but see, side. That's, but it still goes back to communication, communication, and what gets put into the system. Because even at the gun store that I work that deals with, with our primarily focus is to law enforcement. We get some civilians, but majority of it's law enforcement. But even law enforcement, I thought your law enforcement, you can. Carry concealed. He goes, nope. If you don't have a concealed carry card, mm-hmm. you have to go through the full five-day waiting period. You cannot pick up that gun that same day. Mm-hmm. Even if you are, even if you're in uniform or out of uniform, you can't do that. But it goes back to what's into the what gets placed into the system. More calls for background checks. I got it, but it's not solving the problem. Or when you have a president who totally doesn't understand. The gun laws are on the books now. Enforce what you've got. Or even if you did, let's look at squarely in the – he needs to look himself in, the, in the, the mirror and look at, is my family doing everything it can to not do stuff with firearms? That would be no because his son threw a firearm in the trash. And the Secret Service recovered and it. And the Secret Service recovered <laughs> it. That's illegal. Yeah. And I believe that's a felony or at least a high misdemeanor. At least. Now, I will throw a curveball into this because not everybody, not every state abides. Actually, every state abides by their own different background check. Correct. So when I lived in New Jersey and I got a firearm, we had a universal background check. California has universal background check. Okay, define what you mean by universal, just for our listeners' sake. Uh, universal background check goes all the way up to the federal level. So if you had a federal level crime, that also gets put on the, the your background check. It I goes all the way up. I would do it anyway. So Florida and some other states don't go to a federal level on your background check. They just go state level. So that means if you were busted out in Colorado for a crime, you move to wherever – and they don't do that federal background check. It's never okay. Gonna pop well, then up on that's something that maybe maybe something these we're going to talk about backgrounds. Maybe do a universal background check where it goes all the way up to the Fed. The federal government's talking with the states, and states are talking with the federal government. 
That that all that, goes back to communication. That goes back to communications. That, okay, most people, I think most gun owners can, I would agree, a background check. We don't live in 1880 America. I would agree with the background check that if you committed a crime or you have some mental illness or you have some other issues, that should be, and there should be, if you're flagged, let's say you had mental illness, you had some other issues, there should be, like on the do not, don't fly list, there was a problem with this early on. Someone got placed on it and couldn't get off. Right. And I think they fixed that. So there should be a due diligence of some type of due process. If you get put on, you have a chance to represent yourself to say, listen, I was put on it. Why? And there should be a chance for you to get off it, except if you have a felony and some of these other issues. All right, so we talked enough. So, John, how can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. Check all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and definitely on um, TikTok, which we're live streaming now, and other media platforms. I do want to thank those that quite that typed in, especially Mad Marine eighty six, she's always our great supporter. And Tommy Lasorda making another and, appearance. And Tommy Lasorda making another appearance. The more we get, we're, we're, our our ultimate goal is to do these podcasts, obviously live, but also I want to do this every day. So we post that same day, and then I can bring in guests from around the country who can talk on these issues like like uh, gun rights. We can talk about constitutional issues. I know a constitutional scholar up in George Washington University. We can bring in prominent experts to talk about these issues so we can get you more information so you can be an informed voter as we go into 2022 midterm elections. All right. So everybody have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. So keep following Ubali Reports. Till next time, keep listening to Ubali Reports. 